I hope everyone had a wonderful and safe uh, New Year's Eve uh, with people that you love. I, I had a wonderful New Year's Eve. I spent it with a few friends of mine watching the Great British Bake Off and eating a ridiculous amount of very, very good cheese. Uh, it, it was truly the perfect evening. Um, with, with cocktails and lots of belly laughs. It was wonderful, wonderful way to start the year. Um, I needed to re-record the beginning of this episode, uh, you know, to, one, say Happy New Year's to everyone and welcome you all into 2019, uh, but also to <laughs> explain that this episode was recorded in late November of 2018, because I, you know, was attempting to start this podcast a little earlier uh, than New Year's Eve, (laughs) the last possible day of the year. But, you know, timelines don't always go as planned, because life is very hectic, and it often gets in the way. So I have the opportunity in this episode to sit down with a wonderful artist, musician, model, Brooks Ganan, who also has ectodermal dysplasia. And we have the, I had the opportunity to talk with them about all of these wonderful things. And I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you have a wonderful and fruitful 2019. So Brooks, if you could describe yourself, that would be great. Tell them, we want to know about you. Yeah, so I do a number of things. Mm-hmm. I've been modeling for about a year and a half now. I had originally started out in school doing like photography and then it moved into self-portraiture and then just kind of accidentally stumbled into modeling after the encouragement of a few friends, both like that were photographers that were asking me to sit for them. Then I also had seen a model named Melanie Gatos, who mm-hmm. had also been born with a genetic disorder that I have as well called ectodermal dysplasia. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing that, seeing somebody else that I could really identify with in such a literal, physical way mm-hmm. was something that was really important for me. Mm-hmm. And so really this entire time that I've been pursuing this I've always had this idea in mind of you know wanting to use this to be do something similar you know to to raise visibility Mm -hmm. to just have ectodermal dysplasia sorry um what are the main characteristics of that so it impacts my life and the lives of many others Mm -hmm. in a number of ways it has a lot of different iterations Mm -hmm. um what I have is called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, and it affects a number of things, like the development of um, the hair, which mm-hmm. I have fairly, um, I think you could probably liken it to like the hair of like a baby, almost just very thin and wispy and mm-hmm. very light blonde. Um, it impacts um, the skin in a number of ways, which is potentially the largest way that it impacts my life and that I actually don't have any sweat glands in my body. So I don't sweat. Most people that have this disorder don't sweat. So it can be something that to me is just very normal, but I know in the summer in a very hot climate, you know, it's something that 
I've certainly felt, you know, my entire life, Absolutely. and that I'm sure that many people have felt. Um, my brother also has it as well, oh, so okay. I've kind of seen it, um, seen the these conditions, you know, right. like in a number of certain a number of ways, you know, mm. just with overheating and whatnot. But aside right. from that, there's not too many drawbacks to that right. and sometimes when I tell people that ever like certain people will be like that's that's great you must <laughs> I wish I didn't sweat and truthfully most days I think it is something that doesn't really right matter too much to me it's just when it's 100 degrees out and yeah because isn't sweat how your body like regulates its temperature I mean I'm yeah. not a scientist but yeah <laughs> so it's it's the kind of thing that in those situations um just keeping from being dehydrated um whether it be just simply drinking water or you know like growing up we would have like spray bottles and all that kind of stuff I think it can just be very helpful just to make sure that the body is being regulated and I mean it's I've luckily never really had any bad situation where physically like anything like heat stroke or anything but um I'm I'm sure that those are things that are potential to uh, can potentially happen But I'm grateful to have not encountered it into uh, such a bad scenario. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. Cause, so you grew up very with, uh, evangelical, correct? Mm-hmm. You grew up in an evangelical household or community? What's the better word? I don't know. Um, household? Household, I Household, guess okay. And then you, your sexual identity, you identify as queer? Or how, like, how do you identify? Yeah, I identify as queer, okay. I think... Um, the labels that I found best, which have always been hard to pinpoint for me, um, I would say that I would identify as pansexual, Mm -hmm. I would identify as Mm non-binary, I don't really feel that black and white labels for my identity or my sexuality are are things that I necessarily feel tethered to. remember probably around 14, the first time that I had, um, realized that I wasn't just attracted to girls, that mm. I was also attracted to boys, and that that, w- that was a very gradual acceptance because I, when it first happened, it f- quite frankly just... I feel like I lost who I thought I was. I mm. remember it was such an identity crisis. It was such a... I, I felt like it, at that point, I still very much was within the constraints of what I was taught to believe as correct. Mm-hmm. And I felt like my body and my mind were betraying me. And quite honestly, it was one of the most isolating experiences I've ever had, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just felt like I didn't know what reality was anymore. Right. And that, to me, when you lose track of that, even if it's something that is completely fine, something that I have complete peace with these days, I just in those moments, you know, six, seven years ago, it's just, don't, there's no way to put into words that feeling of Mm. isolation. So what do you think was probably one of the bigger things that helped you get in better into that mindset of like who you are and accepting who you are? And oddly enough, when I had gone to, when I had gone off to university, I, in spite of being in public school my entire life, I had gone to a Christian university. Oddly enough, there, finding 
queer people, the queer community there just completely pushed me to accept who I was, I, I think. And I, I know many people at that school, even to this day, who have been in the same boat. I mean, I knew people who went in that would say they struggled with the um, the kind of Christian term, same-sex attraction. <laughs> and I know those people that are now out and very happily living, mm. living their lives and yeah. whatever you know, whatever sexuality they identify with makes me so happy and but at the same time so sad that we could never really be who we actually were in those days, mm-hmm. you know. To think about the fact that I shared so many memories with those people, but mm-hmm. still, like, such a big part of themselves wasn't out, wasn't right. in the... And do you think that that's a big part of what makes you want to make art and want to make music and kind of show yourself to help other people accept and see themselves? I think so. And I I think that's, it's a great intersection to be able to have, Mm -hmm. especially with um, a lot of modeling, especially to be able to work with queer artists, but also to be able to just in general have visibility with what I'm doing. And I think to me, reaching people with, you know, with different genetic disorders, people that people that just feel different, that don't fit in, Mm -hmm. those people are so much more important than the amount of likes or the amount of attention that I get on anything that I do. Mm -hmm. I'd much rather, you know, one person's life be touched than one million followers or something like that. Because honestly, none of that really means anything. I think we're starting to get to a point where the tables are turning, things are shifting, a lot of us are trying. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's always important just to keep trying, to keep going, regardless yeah. of how many people <laughs> tell you now, how many people will reject you along the way mm-hmm. or say these things to you along the way. It's yeah. just always about, you know, it's like would I always think I, I want to be the person that, you know, my, like, five-year-old self would have wanted to to see because I certainly didn't have a good understanding mm-hmm. or love of myself at that age and yeah. it's still something I work on every day I'm oh not, absolutely <laughs> there's still many days when I hate myself for a number of reasons and I you know I don't necessarily know if that's something that we ever fully get over but yeah. it's all about the attempt it's all yeah. about the journey you gotta try that. you just gotta try <laughs> and you know people that don't if you don't try I think you you know you never will know I, yeah I think that's a lesson I've learned so many times is the amount of times that I just asked people regardless of whether it was to work with them Mm -hmm. regardless of if it was maybe to open up for an artist that I like whatever it might have been the the amount of times I've asked and gotten a yes just because I asked you know it's always blows me away and I think if you just kind of go in with a positive mindset and you just take those steps I think Anything can be possible, so... Absolutely. It's really incredible. Well, and I also... I, recently, I kind of heard something of something to the effect that, uh, like, rejections are, like, basically redirections. That basically, like, when you get a rejection, it's like, well, you weren't supposed to... That's You weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. It's just pushing I, you to the place you're supposed to be. I am completely... To be honest with you, completely grateful for... Even though it's probably one of my biggest fears is completely grateful for so much of the rejection I've received even in this career of modeling I mean I 
to because the to be approached around a month ago and to be accepted by an agent and an agency that really wanted me for who I was mm. I I as opposed to me trying to put forth an image of what somebody else wanted I mean yeah. I to me that was so important you know even even with castings during the past fashion week I had gone to castings for two shows that were on the same day I'd gotten a no from one a yes from the other the yes ended up being one of my favorite experiences I've had but I just think those people that I found who just like I was saying have just really wanted us for who we are I mean I felt that way with the reason we met, yeah. I would say, is because that's somebody else that I felt was with um, the artist and designer Patrick Church yeah. has always just had this sense of inclusivity and Absolutely. never, I mean, I've been in many situations that were in, I think, wanted to fetishize the way I looked like as opposed to use it for something beautiful, I yeah. guess you could say. And I always felt like Patrick Every time I've worked with him, it was always he wa- he he wanted to do it because he wanted me just to be like any of the other people that he works with. Right. He didn't want it to be something like a one-off special thing. He he wanted me for who I was, mm-hmm. and I always thought that was so crazy and so incredible because before I was moving here, that was someone who I had looked up to and whose work I had really liked for a while and I mean even that shoot that we did to be I mean at that point to I mean that was so long ago but to be alongside different agency models to be alongside still some very traditionally yeah handsome beautiful looking models or whatever six-pack abs (laughs) yeah to be you know to be in the same shoot alongside Mm -hmm. that but Patrick not wanting to fetishize that but to just have this beautiful, almost just rainbow of yeah. different expression. And I, I've always, I always felt like him and so many different people I've worked with in New York, though. Yeah. I've felt incredibly blessed and grateful to work with people who have felt like push it, who, you know, who wanted yeah. to have wanted to really push that norm. And Absolutely. That's why we're speaking today, that yeah. particular instance. Yeah. So it's, a, it's always incredible to me yeah. the way that fashion itself has changed I mean very much fashion is never going to change anyone's life and I mean I think I was trying to allude to that earlier you know Mm -hmm. being a model is honestly not a very important job no we're not carrying cancer (laughs) like in the grand scheme of things I've had friends you know go through this and quit you know it, it ultimately is not something of any more value than anyone else just like people are of no necessarily yeah. no more inherent value than yeah, anyone else, absolutely. but still to be it is something you know I've loved fashion for so long, and to be able to have some kind of visibility to just well you and I and yeah. anyone else who's kind of other in this mm-hmm. industry to be able to give people an idea of you know just bodies that are not traditional yeah that that can be beautiful too yeah. i think that's and even like uh, whatever that's ultimately traditional the biggest like, takeaway yeah. i don't as opposed to yeah the, as opposed to like the any kind of clout that people like think 
you might be doing it for. Mm. I mean, I've, I've never, I think it's so empty. I think yeah. popularity, fame, it's so empty. You know, I, yes, I am out here trying to pay my rent. And I mean, <laughs> that's basically all that I, my money goes to. I don't, I'm not living in luxury by any extent. I can't afford the clothes I wear for these things. <laughs> right. I, but, you know, I'm I'm happy. And I yeah. think, I hope that other people can, as you've mentioned you know maybe find a part of themselves and what we're doing and feel like they can in turn be themselves and keep carrying on with this beautiful cycle that we found ourselves in yeah awesome absolutely that was so beautifully put um I, I think we might want to end it on there because that was great. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me and having taken the time to talk with me. I greatly appreciate it. And um, do, you, do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, I think just you where, where you can kind of find most of my work is yeah, through Instagram. Okay. You know, the, <laughs> all of our portfolios now, everything has seemed to have been redirected to that platform. And as irritating as it can be with censorship and stuff, because right. I know both you and I have done... A bit of nude modeling, yes. so it's not and always... Not everyone likes that. Not mm-hmm. everyone likes that people get naked, even though it's nope. really not a big deal. But you can <laughs> you can find me there um, with at my name, which is uh, at Brooks Ganan, Um and that's usually the best place to, to find anything. Yeah. There's sometimes clips of unreleased music there, sometimes, but mostly it's just my visual work. And yeah. Yeah. You've been posting a lot of really great stuff lately too. Thank a you. Lot of beautiful, a lot of beautiful photos have been, been posted. A very, Even today, I was like on the train. I'm like, oh, this is gorgeous. It's been a very <laughs> exciting fall, and I'm really just grateful about, like I've said, everything that a year ago I had maybe done a handful of shoots with classmates, and to for one year later. Yeah to be, you know, living in New York, to be, have worked with so many people who I've admired and to be on this, like, I, I just never would have expected any of this. So yeah. I'm ultimately just forever grateful and thank you again for having me today. Of course. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it so much. I think we'll wrap it up and, you know, um, we all have bodies and it's not that big of a deal. Let's just not be a dick about it and be nice to each other. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, this was Commonality. Thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a good one. Be safe. Don't be a dick.